Now, one of the side effects that these people are experiencing, and it is in fact one of the reasons you lose weight, is that you're simply, for most people, no longer hungry. You no longer have these constant thoughts of what you're going to eat next. What can I eat? What can I go eat? What can I get out of the cabinet? What can I get out of the refrigerator? What's laying around? What snacks are there? Is there any leftovers? I just don't have that anymore. Hi, and welcome to the Solving Type 2 Diabetes Podcast. I'm Tom, and I'll be your host as I share what I'm doing in my daily life to solve my type 2 diabetes. Listen in as I share the food, movement, and tools that I'm using each day. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. For a full transcript or to follow the Solving Type 2 Diabetes Podcast on social media, please head over to SolvingType2Diabetes.com for all those links and more. Now, on to the show. I hope you are having a great week. I know I'm having a really fun week. It's been some time at home, some time away, but it's been a great week so far. After my cruise that ended last week, just about eight or nine days ago now, I did spend a few days at home. My wife and I were at home in Pennsylvania, We just did a little bit of relaxing, not too many major things on the agenda for our time between travels. We did try a new restaurant. We went over to Mannheim, Pennsylvania. We checked out a thrift store. I was actually able to get a couple of pair of really nice dress pants at the thrift store for six bucks a piece, and you can't beat that. And just a few blocks away was a restaurant we wanted to try called The Cat's Meow. This is in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, and I can give it a big thumbs up, a super review. It's set back, the decorations and atmosphere is set back in the 1920s, and it is very well decorated, I'll say themed, very well themed, and the food is absolutely fantastic. My wife had like a roast beef and cheese, melted cheese type sandwich that looked absolutely delicious, and she said it was fabulous. I had this salad that had smoked turkey, avocado, egg, two or three different kinds of cheeses, some nuts, and of course I had blue cheese dressing on top. I absolutely love blue cheese dressing. And it was a large salad. In fact, blame this on Manjaro, but... It was so large, I couldn't finish it. I think I ate about half of it. And the other half filled a to-go container, a large plate-sized to-go container. And so I actually had that later on in the day. But it was a great uh, try for this restaurant, our first time there. And we both really enjoyed it. And then uh, a couple days ago, on Thursday, I flew out here to where I am currently now in Arkansas. It was really a good flight. We had a layover, and the first flight was, I don't know, just about an hour, hour and a half. Second flight was just a hair over two hours, and I had the perfect amount of layover time, so I only sat around for maybe 30 minutes. Now, what I was able to do, and you saw this on one of my shorts if you watched it earlier this week, I did get to the first airport by our house about an hour before the plane started boarding, so I was able to get in a nice walk in the airport, nice and warm, climate controlled, and was able to get in a good walk in the airport before the plane ever took off. So that really helped that day, closing my rings. In fact, I've closed my rings every day since then. 
But getting that walk in, taking advantage of the time you do have, really served me well for that day. So I really had no issues flying that day. I did not rely on any airline food or airport food. I packed some Quest protein bars. Those are my latest favorites. I only have a few grams of carb. I think it's four grams of net carbs in the bar itself and 20 or 21 grams of protein depending on the flavor of the bar. So I really like those now, the Quest protein bars. And so I'm out here in Arkansas. I am visiting my oldest daughter and two grandkids and we're in Northwest Arkansas in Bentonville. And that's the headquarters of Walmart. So if you're a big Walmart fan, they have the Walmart Museum out here. And Walmart has contributed a ton of money to the local communities. There are all kinds of community centers. They have symphony. They have theater. They have parks everywhere, hiking trails, biking trails everywhere. It's a really nice area up here in northwest Arkansas. So I'm here until Tuesday. And so it's been fine. The The weather, though, has been interesting. Earlier this week before I got here, they had a couple of very bad ice storms, almost no snow, but ice storms. And it had been below freezing then for about five days during the day, during the night, just stayed below freezing. So everything was coated with ice. And it, evidently plowing is not big or salting is not big out here. I would say about half the businesses, the parking lots and the drive areas were not touched whatsoever. Even what I'll call secondary roads were never touched. And even when I got out here Thursday, things were still really slick. And her apartment complex was not even plowed or shoveled or salted or anything. And the same thing for half the businesses. We go by one small business, let's say a Chick-fil-A, and it was plowed and cleared. The next small business, I don't know, Popeyes, whatever, was not cleared at all. So that was strange for me. Usually areas I've been around in wintertime, businesses and communities and everyone, they really take care of their roads and sidewalks and parking lots. But I guess here it just does not seem to be a big deal. So I did do a few alternative things. I have gotten in some yoga because walking on the ice has been difficult. and But it's starting to melt. We now have it above freezing today. In fact, it got all the way up to 50 today. And it does not go back below freezing for seven full days. So even at nighttime, it stays above freezing for the next seven days. So I'm sure all this will be melting away pretty soon. So that's been my week. Let's take a look at my numbers. My rings, I've closed my rings six of seven days. One day I did not, and I just, quite frankly, didn't feel like it. I have no reason, no excuse. It wasn't the travel. It was the day I was home. The weather outside was nasty. I didn't feel like getting out in the gym. So this week is a six out of seven week, which is just fine. Like I mentioned before, I've been throwing in a little yoga. I did some upper body strength workouts. I did rowing workout all through the Apple Fitness Plus I, I pay for that as part of some Apple subscription to Apple Music and other things, news. And uh, so I use it. I like it. It's uh, very interactive, very attention-grabbing, and uh, keeps me motivated, keeps me interested. So I like the Apple Fitness Plus. So I've been doing that a few times this week. With regards to my blood sugar, my blood sugar has averaged 96. I think that was the same average I had last week as well, 96 
which is great. It is in the totally good range below prediabetes. In fact, that computes to an A1C 4.9. So 4.9 was my A1C, in fact, the last couple of weeks now, and prediabetes starts at an A1C of 5.7. So well below the prediabetes range, which is great. This is what I'm striving for, and this is what I'm achieving. My body fat percentage this week is at 24.3, and that's just a hair below my body fat percentage that I had last week. So, hey, I'll take a slow decline any day of the week. And that's what I got. It's down to 24.3. You may remember that my goal is somewhere around 17%. So 24% now, hope to end up somewhere around 17%. For my macros, this week I have averaged 66 grams of carbohydrates each day. I think I have my target set at 60 right now. So 66 grams of carbohydrates and 119 grams on average this week of protein. Now, if you remember last week while I was cruising for most of the week, my average was, I can't remember exactly, but it was about 80 or 90 grams of carbohydrates a day. And I want it to be at least in the 120 area. So this week at 119, I think it was spot on. Now, I did get that by supplementing with one protein shake each day. So each day I took one of my cheap Walmart brand protein shakes. That gives me 30 grams of protein. So without that, it looks like I would have averaged just about what I averaged on the cruise ship, right around 90. So that is definitely a way that I'm getting in enough protein, even though I'm not eating as much as, let's say, I used to because of this Manjaro. So let's talk about Manjaro here in the Manjaro update. It's now been seven full weeks of using Manjaro. I just took the eighth injection, the final injection at five milligrams yesterday. Next week now, I'll start the 7.5 milligram dose. I actually have that at home in the refrigerator ready for me and I'll take that dose next Friday. So my hunger is very well controlled. A lot of days I don't care about eating. I never get hungry, if you will. Now I know I have to eat, obviously, regardless of whether I'm hungry or not, but this is definitely a new feeling for me. This is definitely very strange, if you will, not feeling hungry. Because I tell you what, normally I have quite an appetite. I can put away quite a bit of food. Whether it's healthy or not, I can put away food. But with this Majaro, especially starting this 5 milligram dose, I, at least for 5 out of the 7 days, have not much hunger at all. Now, when it gets time for that next injection, the hunger starts to creep back again, maybe the last day or two. But nothing severe, nothing overpowering. There still is some of that Manjaro medicine in your system even after seven days. I think that I read the half-life of the Manjaro is five days. So even at 10 days, if you didn't take another dose, you'd still have about 25% of the medication still in your system. Anyway, next week I'll start the 7.5 milligram dose. We'll see how that goes. So far I've had no negative side effects. If I get any negative side effects with the 7.5, I'll back down to the 5 once again, because that certainly has worked really well. So for my challenge and win for the week, I'm going to talk about two wins that I've had from previous challenges. 
In the recent weeks, I have mentioned that I had a need to get in a bigger variety of movement. I had been just walking, and I was able to do that last week and this week especially. Like I say, I added strength training, I added rowing, I added yoga. In fact, I'll do a yoga session yet tonight. And uh, so that's been a success. And then also, while I was on the cruise ship, I mentioned, of course, that I had not been getting in quite enough protein but now I have fixed that. So no new challenges this week, so to speak, but I can report on fixing two challenges this week that I've had recently in the past. Let's look at the news. This first article is entitled, A New Drug Switched Off My Appetite, What's Left? So here it is, people talking about how the Manjaro especially has controlled their appetite and they are no longer eating because they're necessarily hungry. Now, this article happens to be talking about Ozempic, and of course, Ozempic's been in the news, but one of its side effects, just like the Manjaro I'm taking, and I should say Ozempic is also prescribed for type 2 diabetes. Now, a lot of people I know are using it for obesity, and that's between them and their doctor. It's called prescribing off-label. Totally fine, totally okay to do, but I'm talking about it here with regards to type 2 diabetes because it definitely helps with that as well. I would say probably almost as good as the Manjaro does. And what they're saying here is now one of the side effects that these people are experiencing, and it is in fact one of the reasons you lose weight, is that you're simply, for most people, no longer hungry. You no longer have these constant thoughts of what you're going to eat next. What can I eat? What can I go eat? What can I get out of the cabinet? What can I get out of the refrigerator? What's laying around? What snacks are there? Is there any leftovers? I just don't have that anymore. And if you read this article here, you'll find out that's a very popular side effect. In fact, somebody told me that it quiets the brain constantly seeking out food, constantly being hungry. So it is a to me, a great side effect. It's very nice to be able to go eat something, have some, have a normal, let's say, portion, and then you're fine. You can walk away and you don't think about it again for several hours. The one thing, again, that I have to personally watch out for is still getting in enough protein. And that's why I do supplement. I always say eat real food, but in this case, I do add a protein shake. And when I do that, then I get the level of a protein that I want. So that's a good article. Take a look at that article. The next one is about working out. It's called the 10 best kettlebell workouts to get fit. Now I happen to like the kettlebell. I was first working with a personal trainer. Oh wow, this was probably back 12, 14 years ago. And he introduced me to the kettlebell. I'd never seen one before, never picked it up. This is long before I had ever gone to CrossFit for the first time. And he used this thing called kettlebells. And we basically did the basic kettlebell thrust where you pick up the bell between your legs, you swing it forward, and you use your hips. And it's the mov movement of your hips that move it forward. And so it's a great kettlebell can be used for a great full body piece of equipment for exercise. You only need one for most of the exercises. And if you pay somewhere in the neighborhood of a dollar a pound, let's say you get a 15-pound one and then maybe a 25-pound one and then maybe you work your way up. And the official measurements, I thought this was cute, but the official measurement is in a pood, 
P-O-U-D. It's Russian, and the, the official kettlebells are measured in poods. Quarter pood, half pood, full pood, tube pood. I just always thought that was funny. But they list 10 exercises here, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to describe them all, but it's things like the kettlebell deadlift, single arm kettlebell clean. And what's nice in this article, if you look at it, they link to a video to each one of these 10 exercises. And if you did these 10 exercises, you would definitely have a very good full body workout. It works your core, it works your upper body, your lower body, balance. It's great. So anyway, this article is 10 best kettlebell workouts to get fit. So check that one out and you'll be sweating buckets afterwards. This next one here, it's a little sad. And it has to do with what they found when they did some research in a Chicago emergency room. It's entitled, New Study of Chicago ER Patients Reveals Troubling Findings on Diabetes. So what they did is, for a period of time, they screened, it was in February of 21, they screened just over 2,000 ER patients, and they found that 52% had an A1C that would qualify them to be diagnosed as having type 2 diabetes. Now, typically you get two tests in a sequence, one after the other three months apart. But the people, of of those people, 70% had never been told that they had type 2 diabetes. They had no clue that even their blood sugar was high. So these people were walking around, so that's, let's say, 52% 52% had a high A1C, so that would be just over 1,000. And 70% of those people had no clue that they had diabetes. So that would be 700 people. 700 people out of the 2,000 they screened were walking around with type 2 diabetes and had no clue. Now, we don't know what kind of medical care they had, and they were being seen in an emergency room. They might not have a family doctor. I don't know. Maybe they don't go to their doctor. I don't know. But it's shocking that basically just a random study of 2,000 people who were seeking medical care for completely unrelated things were diagnosed with an A1C in the type 2 diabetes range. So it's a good study. You can read more about it. But it's amazing, mind-boggling that these people are walking around very ill, but with this disease that really doesn't always show signs until things get get terrible. So that's why I strongly think everybody should get an A1C test at least once a year. And I know a lot of doctors give fasting blood tests, but that's only a literally a moment in time. But the A1C is your 90-day average, so I think that's that's why they call it the gold standard. So check that one out. That's actually out of Chicago. Okay, so this last one has to do with our topic, has to do with the question from last week that I'm finishing up for Steve. He wanted to know about things that he can prepare meals quickly. So this article is entitled, Steve, this is for you. This article is entitled, 19 high-protein one-pot meals ready in 30 minutes. Okay, 19 different meals you can make, only using a single pot in your kitchen, and they're ready in 30 minutes. And let me tell you, there's a lot of pictures in this article, and they look great. I'm just going to scroll down here for a few. But you're going to have to link to the article to actually see the recipes. But we got American goulash. We've got creamy chicken and mushrooms. We've got chicken and broccoli casserole. 
we've got one pot spinach, chicken sausage, and feta pasta. We've got creamy white chili with cream cheese. Wow. Skillet Swiss steak. So these are all meals. There's 19. I'm not going to go through anymore. But these are all meals that only use one pot or one pan and are high protein. You can check out the recipe to see exactly what they mean by that. But they're easy. They're quick. And they look, I don't know, they don't look like they'd be too expensive. Pasta, chicken, things like that. It doesn't look too bad. So check that one out. Steve, I got that one for you. You asked for things that are fast to make after you get home from the office all day. So if you check those out, and if you try one, please let me know. Anybody that tries any of these recipes, I'd love to hear from you. Because honestly, I have not made these, but it looked like yummy, yummy food that maybe you might want to try out. So that's the news for today. Let's get to the main topic. Now, like I said last episode, I would like to share with you some of the things that I eat on a regular and routine basis. Now, I eat pretty simply, so I hope you're not disappointed. I'm not spending a lot of time in the kitchen. I do try and eat real food, So I find that sometimes it's easier just to cook simply. Start with simple, real ingredients, put just a few things together, and then that usually gets me through. My wife and I do eat a little differently. Now, some of our dinners are the same because they're tasty, they're good, so I don't have to make anything special or she doesn't have to make anything special. But like for our lunches or side dishes, Sometimes those are different because she can tolerate a lot more carbohydrates than I can. I think I've mentioned before that she has absolutely perfect blood work and doesn't have to worry about high blood sugar or cholesterol or blood pressure or any of those things that I have. So that's great for her. But let me get to here to what I eat. So we'll talk about breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And honestly, especially with the Manjaro, I usually don't eat breakfast and lunch and dinner your mileage will vary. You might not be taking a medication that suppresses your appetite. So just let me give you some examples here of what I do when I do. Breakfast, I like eggs and bacon or sausage or scrapple. Those of you who are familiar with scrapple, S-C-R-A-P-P-P-L-E, you can look it up if you're not familiar. It is basically, I like to say, after they make everything out of a pig, that you could possibly eat, then whatever scraps are left, they grind it up, mix it with cornmeal, and that is scrapple. And it is absolutely delicious, in my opinion. Some people can't stand it, I'm sure. But anyway, I like scrambled eggs. I'm not into over easy or sunny side up or any of that kind of stuff. I just go for the regular scrambled eggs. Bacon, sometimes I'll cut up the bacon, put it in with the eggs. And then if I don't have bacon, then sausage is fine or my favorite, scrapple. Now, scrapple does have uh, a good amount of carbohydrates in from the cornmeal, so it's not an everyday or certainly not even really an every week thing for me. So that's what I have if I decide to have breakfast. Of course, I always have my coffee. I always put heavy cream in my coffee, a couple of tablespoons, and that is honestly what I call breakfast is coffee with heavy cream. And then I'm usually not hungry until much later. Lunch is either like a leftover from the previous night's dinner because my wife and I, when she makes 
a recipe for dinner. And we'll talk about a few of these recipes here in a second. There's Because it's just the two of us eating at home, there's often leftovers. So that's, that makes a good lunch. And if not, then I'll get out a, a chicken breast out of the freezer. We get the boneless, skinless, the big five-pound value economy packs of the chicken breasts. And we'll freeze those individually. So I'll pull one of those out, let it thaw maybe the day before. I'll put it in the fridge. But then I just take that chicken breast, put it in like a glass little baking dish, Pyrex, I think they are. And I'll sprinkle rotisserie seasoning. Just some cheap store brand rotisserie seasoning is probably mostly salt. I think it has some paprika and pepper, whatever. And I sprinkle that over. And for a half pound chicken breast, I'll sprinkle that. I'll put it in the speed oven for 17 minutes. And it's golden brown on the top. It's fully cooked. It's juicy. It's delicious. And I call that lunch. Or sometimes we'll get a burger, meat, hamburger, and we'll patty it up and freeze the patties in the freezer, or I'll pull one of those out if I don't feel like having chicken. But that's a typical lunch for me if there's no leftovers. Now, dinner, when we make a, a recipe for dinner, I'm going to say four out of five times, it's something made in a crock pot. Now, you're probably familiar with a crock pot. It's in a, this electric ceramic pot that sits on top of a little warmer and has a, usually a glass lid and a crock pot. And we'll put something in there in the morning. And usually it's my wife. I'll be honest, I don't do a lot of these recipe type cooking. My wife does that, but she loves it because she can throw it in the morning. And by five o'clock in the afternoon, it's ready to eat. In fact, I'm going to share some of those recipes with you. This first recipe, Mississippi pot roast, I just made that while I was out here visiting my daughter. We put it in the crock pot this morning and we just had it for dinner and it was Fabulous. I think she said it might have been her favorite pot roast she's ever had. These recipes here that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to share four of my favorites, things that we eat on a regular basis. All the recipes are going to be linked in the show notes, so you can check out those recipes. So here are the four that if you look at the show notes, you will see. I would say they're four of my favorites. The first one is the Mississippi pot roast. The second one is white chicken chili. It has beans in it. I'm not sure if they're navy beans. No, they're great northern beans. White beans. It has chicken. It has onion. It has, I don't think they're jalapeno peppers, but anyway, peppers. It's spicy. It has cayenne pepper. It's spicy like chili, but it's white. Instead of using beef, it uses chicken. Instead of using kidney beans, it uses white beans, and you get the drill there. So that's very good. The other one is crack chicken. So imagine slow cooking chicken, cream cheese. I think there's cheddar cheese in there. In the end, you put in sour cream and bacon. So cheese, chicken, and bacon, slow cooked. It is phenomenal. Now, some people like to put that on a hamburger bun or a, a roll. I don't do that, but that's how I think it's normally served. It's as a Instead of having like maybe a barbecue, you have cracked chicken in a sandwich. And I just eat it straight, but it is great. And then an old standby that I've always loved is beef stew. Now, the way we do it is I take the standard beef stew recipe and I double the beef and cut the amount of potatoes in half. And that's how we happen to make it. But the recipe that I'm linking to is just a normal recipe. In fact, that one comes from the New York Times, their cooking area. 
So I hope you enjoy those four recipes, the Mississippi pot roast, white chicken chili, cracked chicken, and beef stew, because those are four dinners and then leftovers for lunch that we eat all the time. So, your questions for the week. We don't have any this week. I finished answering Steve's question from last week, but we got no new questions in, and that's okay. I can understand that. Folks are busy. If you would like to write in with a question or provide feedback or a comment, there's two ways to do it. The first is just simply send me an email. My email address is tom at solvingtype2diabetes.com. Just send me an email. I'll, uh, if you want me to, I'll be happy to share it on the air and uh, answer that question for you. The other way is to go over to the website, solvingtype2diabetes.com, and click on feedback. And there's a little form there you can type in and send in your feedback or your question or your comment that way. So what's next for next episode next week? I would like to talk about the impact of stress on type 2 diabetes. We did have a question a while ago, and at that time I said, hey, that will make for a good topic. I didn't really answer it just as an answer to a question. I said, let's save that and make that a topic for an episode. So next week, what is the impact of stress on type 2 diabetes? Well, that wraps up another episode of the Solving Type 2 Diabetes podcast. I hope you found it valuable. Please follow and leave a five-star review as it helps other people find the podcast. By subscribing, you ensure you won't miss the next episode. You can always get a full transcript of the episode at solvingtype2diabetes.com. There, you will also find the links to leave feedback and links to follow on social media. I'm very interested in hearing from you with comments and suggestions. Thanks very much for listening. Please remember that everything I share is just from my own personal experience and should not be taken as medical or health advice. Please consult your own medical professionals. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only.